AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Australian Musicians Radio advises the following program may contain coarse language, adult themes, unsolicited product placement, quality banter, unscripted bullshit, dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, lewd anecdotes, general fuckery, and lots and lots of local, independent, original music. Hi, I'm Daniel M. Pern. Welcome to Bar Talk. It's nice to meet you. How was your day at school? Mama shirt, gotta see in about three exams. I cramped that study in I I sit talking shit about this. I know you can't relate. You got an A on your exam, and I turn up to exams late. I know I don't excel in education. Hello, hello in there. You better be listening to AMR.
one all ladies gents and other folks to a brand new spanking fresh shiny buffed waxed episode of bar talk number 16 to be precise we i'm excited you know why i'm excited glad you asked i've got turch from we only do one take podcast with me today how you going turch uh very good very good thank you so much for having me on the show I thought it was about time we did get you on because uh, I heard you're a bit of a <laughs> rascal, um, bit a little of a, bit, bit yeah, of a yeah. sly dog. Get around, well, get around. A very what I hear a very professionally edited production that you go for. Oh, we we tr- we try our best. Uh, when I edit the show, it's a much better production than when my co-host edits the show. But he'll take credit for it anyway. That's usually the way it goes. Ah, <laughs> so now I know why you're creative director. I get it. I get yes, it. That's right. <laughs> 
Very nice. Well, yeah. welcome, welcome. You're getting the bar talk treatment tonight, so we're, we're we'll get we'll do a few takes. I reckon we'll edit you down tonight. You might <laughs> don't don't breathe too heavily. You just make my editing time about twice as long as it normally would. You know, so I'm got got that's you on right. got you on the got you on edge tonight. How does that feel? Yeah, 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 that's right. Oh, that's all right. Like I said, we only do one take on on our show, but uh, we edit Would very heavily believe? until we get it right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm surprised that you only do one take on that podcast. It's, it's not as if it's in the title or anything. No, that's all. Well, it was funny. We, the way we dis- like we got the name of the show is my mate, we were talking very drunkenly at a pub and uh, he just goes, we should do a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. This and that. And he goes, yeah, but I'm only doing one take. And I go, dude, you don't overdub a podcast or do a second take for a show. That, no that would be absolutely amazing. There's no multi-tracking in this. This is not like- No. <laughs> this is not fucking exactly boys to right. men. Come on. No. <laughs> Yeah, four-part harmony no. uh, podcast. If we could actually do that, we might actually be popular. Ain't no Freddy. <laughs> Ain't no Freddy. Uh, exactly no, well, right. Can, can you hear more about that and what you do with your podcast, yeah. which we'll we'll talk about a bit later in, on in the show. But right Certainly. now, I want to give a little, little shout-out about what you just came off on. In order, that was well, what you just came off of was Austin's track, Worst Things, and before that, Hope D. Now, I'm going to start with Hope D first. Common Denominator, it was called. Now, I don't know about you, but that is, it's been a long time since I have heard an absolutely vitriolic song like that. Like, I know it's like, I love honesty in songs. I don't know about you, mm. Turch, but this was beyond honest. This was absolutely brutal. She was just, you uh-huh. could tell she was just flying, you know, burns left, right, and center. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I look, I come, I'm so bad at, um, musical lyrics. <laughs> um, so I've been in music for 20, I've been a musician for 20 years playing in bands and done, done further music study to a degree and this and that. So I come to all these things as a, as like a guitarist and an arranger and a, you know, part-time bassist and stuff like that. I always come at these as, as the musical side of things and the arrangement, the orchestration, these sort of things. And one thing that I felt this song lacked, and this is going to be a running theme for me, a lot of these songs today. Oh, brace yourselves. Is, uh, is, is uh, dynamic changes. Yes. A, a song really, for, while, it- while the lyrics may have had that impact, the music itself underneath it, like it was just a two chord sort of vamp, you know, uh, was actually quite melancholy in the way that, the distinctions between the choruses and the verses for me didn't really reflect the lyrics that were that were being portrayed. Okay, so you're going for a real critical element here. I like this. We don't get too much of this, <laughs> but um, but no, you mentioned that, and, and that makes sense because I got very much an almost hip hop cadence with the track. It wasn't hip hop. It was yeah. still in that pop vein and a very modern sort of indie pop. A lot of guitars as well still in there. But you're right. It had a very hip-hop cadence, so less less dynamic shifts and more rhythmic structure to it. So, yeah. Mm. That- and I'm actually happy that guitars are sort of making a bit of a comeback within pop music, not only in Australia, but it seems like worldwide. I think, you know, coming off a lot of the uh, Bruno Mars stuff where you mm. did a lot of, you know, uptown funk has sort of led into a whole bunch of resurgence of of a guitar on tracks. I mean, the whole new Dua Lipa album does that quite a bit where you do hear a lot of guitar as a rhythm section. This song had it too. Yes. Um, which is, you know, which was good to hear. But uh, but I think there could have been, like I said, the, for me, a big thing within songs and when you're playing songs live, and that's how I tried to picture a lot of these songs that we're going to talk about today. How would it sound live? And the capturing of that live performance 
for me, is the most important part when it comes to tracks like this. And would would if I listened to this song live as it's recorded now, I'd actually be a bit disappointed simply because of that dynamic change didn't actually put. <laughs> that's a really, I know it's a really harsh thing, but that's the critical nature. You know, I've, I've, you know, you gotta you gotta go up and down. You've got to give people that journey. You know, as well as with the lyrics as well as the music. I I can't, you know, and the fact that I came on with the song being an absolutely vitriolic. In a good way, of course. You're you're yeah. firing back, so I, I I can only blame myself. Um, but yes, that's that's she's put out a couple of singles, Hope D. So go and check her out. She's from Brizzy, yeah, absolutely. So up north, and uh, yeah, coming out. Hopefully, apparently, hopefully, fingers crossed, going to be touring down this way uh, in October. But I mean, she's cutting it fine. Like I, I think we're, I don't know. I feel like we're still going to be in lockdown. Then apparently she's going to be playing in yeah. October ten in Sydney, and then seventeen up in Brisbane. And apparently she's going to be playing at the Grace Darling Hotel on the eleventh. Fingers crossed. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, that's a good place. That's a good. That's a p- good place to play too. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And yeah, so good stuff. Go and check it out. After that, <laughs> we had Austin's new single with Worse Things. Now, what were your thoughts on this one? You know, I was listening to this song and my partner was in the other room while I was listening to it. And she's also a musician. So, I'm lucky enough to have a, a, a harsher critic than myself living in the house Ooh. when it comes to my own music taste and my own music practice. But she was listening to the song. She goes, that sounds like something. And the melodies, especially within the chorus, reminded me of the four blonde song, What's Going On. <laughs> <laughs> Good comparisons, yeah. I don't know what it was. It was just something about I'm like, this sounds really familiar to me. But look, I kind of liked this one. It had, like I said, for me, the dynamic changes, the instrumentation was really fun. And there was a really cool breakdown bit that I mm. really changed that song for me and pushed it into being, you know, one of the one of the better ones for me of this big list that you sent through. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a standout. Another great indie track. Um, that is, I'm trying to see if this is on a... Apparently it's about anxiety, so I got it. I got yeah. got that when I was listening to it, and I can't remember what quite triggered it, but it was the the conflict going on in there, which sort of segues mm. into what is um, what I ended up chatting to our guest on yeah. today on this week's episode, Luna Vex. I had the absolute pleasure of talking to her, who's just released her debut album, King of Eve, which we'll talk. All, you'll hear more all about that when I'm chat when you. When you listen to the interview with I did with her, can't wait. But she did go into a bit of that same thing, so it's interesting to see multiple artists sort of tackling the, the sort of inner conflicts and then using that to show an expression in that artistic form. Yeah, it's, it 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 seems like you know it, the this whole COVID stuff where we are sort of stuck at home, sort of you know pushed in one place, and lots of other, lots of things other than just our usual day affecting our moods, affecting our train of thought and affecting our um, outlook sometimes. A lot of that's either been really, really positive for artists or really negative, but it's nice to see artists take some of that grief, that anxiety and putting it on, uh, using it as sort of a muse to create art, Mm. you know, or work together with artists that they haven't worked with before that can help express a whole bunch of this, of of that grief or or anxiety that they're feeling. And this song here looks sort of, you know, obviously they're using it Still, you know, not that anxiety is a good thing to have. Uh, I'm not saying that at all, but using it in a positive way and, and, you know, sharing feelings that other people are feeling. That's what drew me into the song as well, because you could feel that, you know, anxiety within that person. Sharing those feelings, that person's not only feeling much better about it, but other people can relate to it. And that's what, you know, that's what draws you into songs. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's a good good way to put it. So yeah, yeah. please um, go and check that out. They're both out now. Thank you, Title Track, for sending both of those songs in. Of course, up next Ooh. we do have the absolute pleasure of listening to Luna, and it was so much fun chatting to her. I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy um, listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing it. And then we'll be back soon on Bar Talk. But right now. I should mention the song we're actually going into right now uh, is a song by a Melbourne band, Snark, Whatever, Never Mind. Now, did you end up checking the music video for this one at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking through the music video and I'm like, that place looks familiar to me. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Now, it could be any. There's, there's so much. It's such a Melbourne streetscape, this song. Uh, yeah. That, well, yeah. This song, this this video, it's like in front of a warehouse and it looks like, I don't know, it could be in Springvale or fucking Epping or one of like those outer suburbs. Yeah, yeah. It could be anywhere. Like, is it someone it those- reminded me of a little bit of my hometown of, of Reservoir here. That's- And I was just like, oh man, it felt like, you know, uh, people skating around like- um- all the uh, the train stations and then the back lots and stuff like that and down at the the skate park down here. I'm like, yeah, this feels very homely, very homely. You've got to wonder, I wonder how many times they got, like, had to stop between takes to let somebody pass <laughs> down the road. Thinking, you, know, like- you know what? Recording maybe in the COVID time, they might not have had any trouble whatsoever. Yeah. They probably could have got through the whole song. I was going to say, perfect time. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. But this song was- a- for me, this song was an absolute banger. The riff was chunky as all hell. Uh, this gave me like an almost like a Blink One Eighty Two mm. vibe, mm. Uh, yeah. like that, like like mid like mid nineties, early two thousands pop punk. Uh, but like this guitar tone for me was was massive, and that's uh, I love to hear that sort of stuff when it comes to um, you know pushy indie artists recording chunky guitars. It was it was very much. They've released a couple of singles this year, and it's I believe, and it's all very much in that pop punk vein. So they really are putting out some good stuff. This one is going to be on uh, their debut EP, actually, which is called Imposter, uh, which is going to be out on September second. So go and check that out when it comes. But the video is up on YouTube. Please give it a view, and of course, listen to the song as well. That's stuck, stuck, stuck. My God, what is this Game of Thrones? I'm getting all snarky now, so uh, don't forget to watch Snark's video and listen to their single for whatever, never mind. Um, So, I'll I'll do the takeout now properly, now that I've gone through talking about the song. Here it is. Then, of course, we chat to Luna, and uh, Turch is going to be back with me a little bit later to talk more shit. Turch, go and have a lie down, have a a Panadol, (laughs) and I'll see you soon. Sounds good? Sounds good to me, buddy. Brilliant. Here it is, folks, on Bar Talk.
Hey, it's Luna Vexa, and you're listening to AMR. You, yeah, you want to know what I'm all about. I'll show you so you How was that? Pretty good, I'd say. It was uh, indeed royal of me to play that song. That was King of Eve, the title track of that album, King of Eve, by the absolutely stunning and talented Luna Vexa. That album is actually out right now as of Friday, so it's fresh. Go and check it out. But uh, before you do check it out, do not press pause, folks. Do not even think about pressing that button because you're in for a real treat because I have the artist with me right now, Luna Vexa. How are you going? Good. How are you? I'm pretty damn good. Just uh, just had dinner. I ate some pasta. <laughs> uh, so, I'm all, all nice. carved up. Uh, so, a little bit- You know how when you eat pasta, this. you don't feel- You feel a little bit lethargic. But then I uh, pumped myself <laughs> up. I, I, threw, I like washed my face, gargled some salt water so I don't cough too much. And I think I'm at that level where I know, I'm good. I tend to do that a lot. Like, I, I'm talking more normally than I'm like, okay, I need to again. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tell me, what are your influences? <coughs> what, are your, 
What's your favourite <coughs> colour? No. Um, <laughs> welcome. Um, no. Uh, yeah. Let's 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 do this properly. Welcome to Bar Talk. Uh, first of all, well done on the album. You must be just like in a buzz right now because it's just fresh. Like it's, well, as we said, just last week and you're busy running here to there trying to get as many interviews in as this week as possible. <laughs> yeah, I'm super, super relieved. I mean, it was a uh, two-year project, so I'm yep. really, really happy it's out and my baby's in other people's hands now. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess it must be a massive relief because, you know, as you say, two years – that's like yeah, a it's lot, been a long time. That's a lot of lot of effort to put into a single project. Were you expecting yeah. it to take that long? No, there was a there was a few setbacks, but um, it all worked out in the end. And because it was crowdfunded as well, it took a, a little bit longer. So everything had to get funded first, had to get like merch packages together, had yeah. to ship out like a hundred packs, and <laughs> um, do the music video and fly to Brisbane to record. And so everything yeah. took a while, but we're here. We made it to the finish line. So I'm super happy it's out. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that's a interesting choice to go with in terms, especially for someone who hasn't released their debut album. Usually you get these examples of artists that do do the crowdfunding for their album, but they're very established artists. They've, they've had followings for years and they, they usually do it. Well, I mean, not usually, but in some ways, I've heard some examples of some artists and I can't mm. think of the name where they do it to, um, try and not wrench free, but sort of break free from the standard, you know, uh, major label formats they can go no I can fund this myself I've got the fans yeah. that are loyal to me and that sort of thing and it certainly sounds mm-hmm. like you've got that troop of loyal followers which is again is is quite amazing considering this is your first record but um I yeah I've got a Vexa army behind me like from, <laughs> oh, is that what from they call my them? first <laughs> yeah I've got a kingdom from my first EP <laughs> um I've got so many loyal followers that I'm so grateful for. And I honestly didn't expect to raise so much money because yeah. it was almost double of what I was going for. And it was supposed to be an EP, but it turned into an album. So yeah. I was super stoked about that. I've <laughs> heard that one before. We should we should call your loyal followers the Vexa Vanguard, I think. If you're, <laughs> you're going to go with that royalty theme, you know, King of Eve, the purple colour. Um, actually, on that subject, so I'm assuming there is you're trying to go for a certain image when you pick these phrases and the the color scheme. Yeah, um, I guess you're talking about like lots of purples and pinks. Yeah, because <laughs> as I'm sure you know, and as I'm sure a lot of pe- our listeners know, purple is the color of royalty, and it has been since the days mm. of the Roman Empire and that. So were you trying yeah. to go for that? So obviously you're trying to go for that royalty idea, but where did that i where did that that inspiration come from in terms of going for that style? Um, I honestly, I, I've just always loved those colours, and yeah. I just thought that King of Eve just suited that so perfectly as well, and my hair's mm. that colour too. So it all just kind of fell into place. I didn't think about it too much. Yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing how you don't think of it that way yet. It works. I guess it has. Mm. I was noticing this when I was listening to it, that the album has almost like a a tone of rising above where you've mm. come from and sort of sitting, yeah. at, I guess, on a throne and looking down and almost reflecting on what's going on around you and sort of trying mm. to get above that. So, I, I guess, I don't know whether that's, that's subconsciously where you were going, but that's sort of what I got um, when you think yeah. about that tone and what the songs are about too. Yeah, a lot of songs, um, I guess it touches on – where I've been and and now where I'm at, but also like fighting for your own kingdom and and how it kind of feels. 
I guess for me personally, the music industry, but for anyone else, they can relate to it in their own industries or their own life, what Mm. they're fighting for, their dreams. Um, And I really wanted people to feel powerful when they listen to these songs. Um, So, yeah, I I did my best to try and create that environment. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really cool. Give us uh, a bit of a a rundown on, I guess, the theme. Not, I don't say inspiration. I've already used that word, haven't I? Uh, I'm thinking more of like the terms of the the themes you were going for with the music. Were the songs because you mentioned before you were going to go for an EP and then it turned into an album. Were you <laughs> intending to have all the songs link up thematically the way that it has worked out, or were they really just individual songs that you sort of worked out? Oh, they actually fit together better than I thought. Yeah, they they were all kind of written around the same time so they did work out like kind of being about similar concepts because um the main concept of the album is obviously about um the kingdom but it's also about illusions and illusions is one of those tracks where um i really question people's realities and like what they believe and um you know how they're limiting themselves and that kind of thing so illusions runs through the album as well like um, I'm I'm not who I thought I was, or this person isn't who I thought they were, and things like that. Mm, cool. But um, yeah, back to your question because I, <laughs> I kind of blabbed off. But um, oh, yeah, look, that's uh, okay. We all do it at the best <laughs> of times. That's fine. Yeah, they they all kind of just fit together. And then um, when I was making the track list and trying to choose where everything goes, I was like, they could go anywhere because they're all so um, unique. The songs. <laughs> Mm. They're, they 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 have this like this kind of atmosphere and sound that ties them together, but they're all very different. So, yeah, it just worked out. What did you end up having to cut a lot of songs from the final product, or most of the ones uh, that are there, the ones that you wrote specifically for it? Yeah, I I had probably like thirty songs mm. um, that didn't make the album that I you know could have chosen from, but I would say that a lot of these were the best ones that I wrote. Yeah. Um, and then there's some new ones that I wrote after I already recorded them, and I was like, oh, gosh, should I do another album? Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Fair enough. With um with going into more of that. The, the events, I guess, that have led up to the album. Take us back a bit to where you started out with your own musical journey. Were you always into listening to music as a kid or was there a particular point where you sort of discovered your love for it? Yeah, um, I grew up in one of those broken homes, so I feel like music was something that I would just escape into, you know, just yeah. lock myself in my room and listen to music and listen to my favorite artists, sing along to it. I always loved singing as a kid, um, but I never got into it professionally until I was much older, around 19. So okay. usually artists start quite young, you know, 14, yeah. 15, but I was actually quite late when I started. Um, and that's why I've always felt like this timer on me. I'm like, oh my God, time's running out. So I'm like trying to push things really hard. But no, it's, I mean, that's you know what they say, whatever. 27 clubs fast approaching. <laughs> Got to get in there just in case you do a Kurt Cobain, you know? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be 27 really soon. So that's terrifying. <laughs> oh God, you feel bad. Hey, oh well, God, yeah. Okay, look, if this is the only album you ever pull out, 
Congratulations. I'm proud of it. I'm done, you know, done and dusted. It's uh, literally. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. But it's, uh, yeah, so I got into it around 19. And I actually started um, in metal because when I was young, I grew up with metal and rock as well. So I'd be sneaking into like over 18 gigs for like Parkway Drive and things like that. So really heavy music. Yeah. Yeah. and then I toured around Europe with um, The Artist M- Murder, Make Them Suffer, Whitechapel, and, mm. a, and quite a few heavy bands. Nice. Um, and then I decided to transition into pop, so it was quite random. Oh. I've done a lot of random things like that. It, it's not unheard of. It happens it happens a bit more often than you would think. Um, I'm thinking of a couple yeah. of people I know. Um, a good friend of ours, actually, that we played a song of hers back a few weeks ago, uh, Deanne Cruelly, otherwise known as Cammy Cole, was in a prog band up until pretty recently. Now she's doing that sort of more uh, more grungy pop sort of stuff. So the transition, yeah, nice. well, your transition is certainly more contrasting. <laughs> it's not. It's. I think. Look, Gwen Stefani. Let's let's use a Gwen Stefani example. Like, think about exactly, "Don't yeah. Speak" compared to you know, "Ain't No Hard About Girl." Like that was apparently yeah, like the, the yeah. biggest shock in music scene back in the day. Was it? I loved it. <laughs> I love well, Gwen. She's amazing. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's, there's, there's a day. There, now I know what you're trying there's, to do. Ah, yeah, exactly. There's Probably one true. influence that Try. I'll mention. <laughs> <laughs> she specifically said to me before, "Don't ask the influence question." Now I can't. Now I can't stop thinking about it. Oh my gosh! I, you, 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 I fucking jinxed myself. That's what I did. I feel terrible. <laughs> What? If I just answer it, then we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, what was I going to say? No, so you, you went from a transition to from the he- heavy genres to pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a much, much of a big thing. It is a really – it is like quite a – not a jarring transition, but it is a – it must take a bit of a hurdle to get – get into your head that this is the style of music I want to go to. Was there something that yeah. sort of – what did – cause that trigger for you was it the the idea that you can use different instrumentation was it a particular producer or musician that got you into that style it was it was more like my frustration of being in a band it just yeah. you know like when i was in <laughs> bands when i was younger it was like people wouldn't show up to rehearsals mm. or people didn't want to do things and i found that i was pretty much running the show most of the time so i was like well I just want to go solo and see what happens. And I was honestly really terrified uh, to do it as well. Like I always had, um, you know, people around me um, and it was always fun as well. But I just felt like, I don't know, it was something that called to me that I had to do. Yeah. And uh, I guess, you know, my pop isn't exactly mainstream. It's quite underground as well. And it's got Mm. that darkness and definitely has that metal background in there. So uh, I like the fact that I can experiment and do whatever I want with my sound at any point in time and change the image up. Mm, and do, mm. Yeah, it's it's a lot of freedom being a solo artist. So you, I think you it's think, harder when you have a band image. So you like the idea of pulling a David Bowie, being a bit of a chameleon, sort of maybe every time you put out <laughs> yeah. a release, maybe switching styles up, go for something a bit different. Yeah. Like, I love how Horsey would release a pop album and then yeah. she releases Nightmare and it's like, whoa, like, what's that? You know, like, the, I yeah. love that. And and I'm kind of the same because I have, you know, we're the same age and I think we grew up listening to very similar music. So, I love having that metal and rock influence in there. And then sometimes I want to do something a bit more pop and then sometimes I'll do something more club. And I just, mm. I, I love experimenting with that. Nice, nice. I was going to think what you said before too about the, uh, oh, it's like band members being unreliable. It's like that, you know, that mm. reminds me of I'm going to paraphrase 
terrifies Back to the Future, be like, Doc, Doc, we've got to make music, but we don't have a drummer. And then he goes, Marty, where are going? We don't need drummers. Whips out a drum machine, whips out the 808, you know, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My That'll fingers are drums. <laughs> Um, go on, I want to focus a bit on, because you mentioned a bit about, oh, your metal influences, you know, that's how I started out. And you can certainly tell with your vocal style too. What I re- mm-hmm. what really stood out for me when I was listening to the album was the sheer focus on the vocals as the main instrument. Like metal, mm. metal vocals are, as you know, very much an important aspect of that, especially with um, a lot of singers that have very incredible ranges. Um, mm. But- and, but of course, with metal, like it's there's always a fo- there's always you've got your vocals. The dr- every every single instrument is always as much at the forefront of everything else in a lot of cases, or traditionally speaking, within that genre. Where as the pop mm. you've done on this record, I've noticed it's it's very much all centered around the vocals. Like everything yeah. seems to be built out around that. You'll have the vocals, and then the synths will be laid around it, and then the the percussion I've noticed then seems to be laid on top of that. Was that we? Did you really want to go for an album that was very much vocal centric? Yeah, definitely. I um, I think the vocals was was really important because there were so many things that I wanted to say and I want people to hear, and I didn't want it to get lost. So, um, yeah, yeah. That, it's definitely got the focus on that. Mm. Hmm. Um, I want to talk a bit about your production as well. Actually, funny story too. We'll mention before the uh, before the interview. We and and this is not just my fault too. Um, I partially blame our station manager Gareth because he made the same mistake uh, earlier too. We thought your producer Jimmy Alexander was. Jim Alexander, <laughs> the Melbourne producer that we've interviewed before on this podcast. And at this point in time, I was going to say, I was going to bring up, oh, by the way, here's our connection. Da 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 da. How cool is that? What a small world. But no, so you said you mentioned you went up to Brisbane to record the album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us a bit about how that working relationship was with the, with your producer and your engineer. Uh, yeah, it was good. Um, so obviously we did, I did the crowdfund and then mm. I flew up to Brisbane and, uh, we were in the same room just working the two of us, like creating the beats. Um, because I had already written all of the songs beforehand. So it was, that's why it's like really centered around the vocals as well, because I brought in all the vocals and the harmonies and everything that were already written. And then we wrote the beat around that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. I think it, I was there for the month, uh, all okay. of June, I think, in 2019. So yeah, it was it was really fun. And then that was finished. Flew back down, and then uh, like three days later, filmed the music video. So it was a pretty mm. crazy schedule. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna say. So you you did the whole thing in the month. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like probably a bit less than yeah. <laughs> considering like the the attention to detail on it, there that is quite a feat. So, how did you end up meeting them? Because you know, Brisbane's a bit of a distance from Melbourne. Let's let's face it; like, it's not exactly down the road. Yeah, well, um, he actually used to live here, and I think oh, we just okay. had each other on Facebook through mutuals, and then yeah, yeah, started chatting a few years ago, and yeah, just a happy accident, as Bob Ross yeah, would happy say. Happy accident. Yep. That's exactly what happy happened. Happy little accident. <laughs> yep. Took a happy little cloud up to Brizzy. A happy little album. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, exactly. Very proud of it. And uh, Austin Leeds um, is amazing as well. I think he's worked with artists like Avicii and David Guetta has played mm. a lot of his mixes and things like that. So he mixed and mastered it and he's just 
oh my god, like amazing. Like he yeah, he brought he brought it to life. So it all tied together all of our work. Yeah, no, that's that's great that you were such a tight working relationship there. That's really cool. I want to chat mm. a bit about cuz you recently released your third th- is it third single? Uh which one? Um like you love me. You recently released that single. Yeah. Yeah, and it comes with an absolutely ripper music video. Um, tell mm-hmm. us a bit about that. What was it like putting together such a high production, high quality production? Yeah, it was a huge project. So um, we were at the Daha Project, which is a bar in Melbourne, and we actually had the entire venue to ourselves oh, to nice. do um, a lot of scenes. And then we were in a studio north of Melbourne. Uh, mm. We had a builder come in and build like a – little indoor pool for me to dance in which was nuts um and they they filled it up with cold water and i was like in latex and i had to dance in that for three hours and and i almost got hypothermia because i didn't even notice like when i'm working i don't stop like i'm really like i I don't know i don't i I just never like go out i'm like the show must go on so my assistant had to like drag me off set because i was like shaking uncontrollably and put me in front of a heater with a blanket and then I had to go back in and yeah, it was, it was crazy. Have they not heard of hot water before? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's going to go cold anyway. And um, it, I think it was to be safer with the material that was on the floor. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it was just absolutely there was some, freezing. There was some lawsuit risk in there somewhere. <laughs> It's like, never yeah, mind was- you, never mind you if you get hypothermia and, and you have to go to hospital. Yeah, it- no one's going to pay for I'll that survive. shit. Everybody cares about the floor. <laughs> it's just another battle wound for the art, so it's fine. <laughs> um- <laughs> the battle scars. Well, where'd you get yeah. that cut? I was making a music video. <laughs> Yeah, I I had bruises everywhere after that day. But yeah, it was um it was very interesting. I ended up editing and producing that one as well, which was um cool because I think that was the first like high quality music video that I've edited as well. Yeah. Um and that was super fun. Congrats because it is um it. yeah, no I didn't realize that you'd done it yourself. So well done. That was really cool. I'm um, going to check Thank it out. Yeah. Needs more love. We need to send send your love to Luna. Give it a comment on on YouTube. Tell her, um, you know, tell her to you know make sure she's make sure she warms up. <laughs> <laughs> How was I going to say? Where you mentioned about the latex suit, the costuming was pretty cool. Where the hell did you get a? And I, I know, I think I know where this is going. But where the hell did you get a costume like that? Because okay. it isn't exactly so, something you go to Kmart for. <laughs> no, I had um, sixteen sponsors on this music video because oh. I was making a lot of business deals with people and. Uh, I ended up getting um, partnered with this company in Russia. So, it's actually custom Russian-made latex. That was, of course, yeah. it's Russian. <laughs> that, that sounds like something you get drunk in vodka with because you wouldn't re- – because it doesn't look like the most comfortable outfit. Feel, you- it's actually really comfortable. Oh, like, okay. You know, wouldn't think that it is, but I feel like you either love or hate latex, and I just feel like it's, it's comfy for me. I, I don't know. Yeah, like, once comfy- you put it on, you don't want to take it off. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, comfy latex. You should go cycling in it. Probably, t- probably t- um, I mean, you have to be careful with it. It tears pretty easily. Oh, but okay. uh I was worried when I was dancing in it because, yeah, and I had heels on and I was falling over in that pool a hundred times. Everyone was laughing at me. There was over a crew of 10 people. And, like, I look so sexy this music video, but, like, all the outtakes of me falling on my face. <laughs> oh, are we going to get – oh, come on. Sure. Are, you, are we getting a blooper reel? 
Tell me we're getting the blooper reel. I don't even know where that please. footage is. Please. I don't know where that footage is, but I'll try to find it. Can, can, you, can you please give us a blooper reel? That would be amazing. It is. I will try to find it. It is the same outfit as the one you're wearing in your um, promo pics, yeah? Is that the yeah, same one? Yeah. Yes. No, I'm looking I'm looking at them now. Yeah, no, it is. So there's, it is. there's two different latex outfits that they send me, and then there's another one that I was wearing in um, the, full, the full bright lighting, which was mm. um, pink and white. Uh, and that was, yeah, that was cool. That was, yeah, comfortable. I mean, how comfortable can it be outside <laughs> your pajamas, really? <laughs> oh, I, no. in, in isolation, like, I look so ugly. Like, I'm just in <laughs> tracksuit pants, a jumper, like, there's no makeup. Like, me and my housemate, we just, we look like trash. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, people see me on Instagram and they're like, wow. But I'm like, that's not real. <laughs> I sleep in that outfit. <laughs> yeah, I sleep in latex. It's so comfy. No, it is. It actually is really comfy to me. But nothing's more comfortable than my jumpers. True. So, I, I that yeah. see that was not something I was expecting to be like. But of course, the Russians would be the only ones to know how to make latex latex outfits. Probably. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It makes total sense. And it's custom fit to my body as well, so ah. it's the best you can get. Nice. That is that is a bonus. Shout out. What, what's the name of the the company that does them? <laughs> Kinkside. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, certainly a memorable name. Makers of high quality, high quality music video outfits. Um, yes. I'll have to get their details. I'm, I'm always looking for extra. I'm, I wanted to go. I want to start going cycling, and if they can give me some, give me some custom custom cycling latex in shiny black. I'm all for that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure they can do that for you. <laughs> nice. Let's let's play um, like you love me because it is a cool cool track and yeah, go and as I said we saw, as we said before go and check out the music video after the episode. Uh, we'll be back soon with some more more chats with Luna. Um, going more about the story behind the album hopefully and a bit more other shit whatever we decide to chat about, I suppose. Is that a yes, Luna? I didn't hear you. There we go. That's what I like to hear. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back soon on Bar Talk.
And welcome, welcome, welcome back, one and all. That was Like You, Love Me, the latest single off Luna Vex's debut album, King of Eve. Uh, as you probably remember, I'm talking to Luna right now about all things album and all things latex. <laughs> <laughs> How you going? Still there, Luna? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah, that's a that's a really it had a really good really good sort of bass drop. Really a good a good um, showcasing of the synth work that's on the album too. Did you do a lot of the instrumentation yourself, or um, did somebody else play? Jimmy the- Jimmy wrote um, a lot of uh, that beat. I pretty much just yeah. directed and explained what I wanted, like a really throaty bass and you know uh, that kind of thing. And an artist called Burnout actually wrote the drop. Oh, so, okay. um, yeah, he was part of that, just that track, though. Yeah. And I had my friend do a phone call and a fake American accent for the end, which was great because he found it hilarious. So, he's forever in my song. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. Shout out to Burnout for the yeah, for a ripper drop. Tell, I want to go a bit more into depth about what's going on with the album because when I was listening to it, I could certainly tell that there was a lot of trauma going on and I mean sort of not yeah a lot of sort of rough rough things going on you can tell there is a relationship within the stories of the songs breaking down but there's that fight going on over the control of I don't know I guess the protagonist's point of view in terms of trying to get mm-hmm. control of the situation I don't know if that was your intention with it but that was certainly what I got out of it but what mm-hmm. I wanted to know was how much of the stories in the song are coming from your own experience? And if so, I guess, did you want to go into a bit more depth about where that came from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, In regards to trauma, I'm pretty sure my whole life has been traumatic, (laughs) which is why I'm an artist. I just have this, you know, whole entire Yeah, (laughs) But yeah, um, (laughs) the stories behind the songs, I guess, you know, songs that are a bit more sad, like Speak to Me and Dreaming, Mm. um, I think it was really, if I'm going to be honest, like me chasing people who are unavailable, I, I just tend to do that sometimes. And like, I have so much to give and, yeah. and I was so patient. But um, for me, I think it was that frustration, but then also being patient for people that um, I loved and that I knew that loved me, but were struggling with their own troubles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I did uh, struggle when I was writing a lot of these songs. I um, was bedridden for about eight months with my autoimmune disease, so I couldn't actually walk. I couldn't yeah. walk to my mailbox, which was very traumatic. Um, you know, to lose the ability to walk, you just feel worthless, you know. And uh, it took a while, but I, you know, I taught myself how to walk again. Like each day, I went from like one minute to two minutes to five minutes. So it took a long time. So. Mm. Um, yeah, a very long time to build my strength back up. Yeah. And uh, within that time, I wrote a lot of the songs on the album. So I think you can hear like there's sadness in there, there's anger in there. Um, and yeah, I'm really glad that I decided to write songs when I was in that state. I, I think that's when you write the best art, when you're going through the most suffering. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's that's another story behind that. Yeah, wow, that's pretty incredible when you think about it. I was going to say, was, a, was there something that, and apologies if, we, if I'm delving too deep here, but was there a particular event that triggered that um, autoimmune response that you did have, or was it just a flare-up that was unex- inexplicable? 
Yeah, it was just an unexpected flare-up. I'm not sure what it was. Um, yeah, the, it could have been a million things, which mm. was, yeah, really scary. But then I also found out recently that I was bipolar. So, right. you know, two diseases now, <laughs> great. But <laughs> they're managing it fine. Like, I'm, I'm really healthy and happy mm. at the moment. But um, yeah. I think it was also tied into that because flying from mania to, like, severe depression was very, very difficult on my mental health and damages your brain over time as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it was um, it was a lot to deal with. But, yeah, I, I did write a lot of these songs when I was manic as well, like Illusions, for example. Mm, mm. Yeah, and you can tell with a lot of the songs too, there's that conflict going on. So, I guess that sort of adds another layer to where that's coming from, which is really cool. Um, yeah. Just remember, of course, um, um, always, as always, guys, Lifeline Australia, if you ever – if you just want someone to talk to, 13, 11, 14, if you're in Australia. I don't know what the ones overseas are, but I know like mm. in America and the UK and New Zealand, they all have their own own separate ones. But if you're in Australia, 13, 11, 14, if you just ever need someone to talk to. Um, yeah, absolutely. And don't forget that, um, you know, like you can overcome suffering. Mm. It's only temporary. You know, all these things are only temporary and, and happiness is just on the other side. Just keep holding on. Did you do you play many instruments yourself when you're writing these songs, or is it all vocal and then you're you're thinking about what instrumentation to add afterwards? Yeah, so I um, play the piano. I taught myself by ear, and I also write string parts. Um, hmm. Sometimes try to write beats. I'm not the best at that, but I did write um, all of the piano strings and vocals in Speak to Me. So that was yeah. um, co-produced by me, and I wrote all of Phantom as well. That interlude mm. that's very creepy. So my yeah. stuff is very creepy and dark. <laughs> so if you notice that there's a song um, that gets really dark, I probably wrote all of that. <laughs> in- interludes so- work really well for albums, though. Like they're the bits that you mm. just you're like. I've got a one minute song. I just don't know where to put it. It's like we'll put it in as an interlude. We'll call it the transition mm. song. No. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and I feel like it was it was placed perfectly. I think it's between dreaming and illusions because illusions gets real crazy and mm. dreaming chill. So I thought, yep, that's a good place to put it, <laughs> right in between those two. Sandwich that in. <laughs> and yeah, because you could always like interpret it as like the changing of what's going on in in terms of that mental state, those wild mm. swings that happen between, I guess, between the songs in this case, which it kind of works. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's cool. Um, going back to what you were saying about piano and that you said you learnt yourself. So mm. was that something? So you, what, as a kid, or like when you said you turned nineteen and started getting into music? Was it at that point you you learnt? Yeah, I swear. When I was nineteen, yeah. I must have gone through a phase because I was like, I wanted to do everything right there and then. <laughs> so I went and I got trained by a classical opera singer. Oh, wow. So I've been classically trained um, for yeah. contemporary music. I don't yeah. sing opera. Um, and at the same time, no I was Wagner like, here. what's that? <laughs> I said, there's no Wagner here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, I was head down six months, um, teaching myself how to play the piano by mm. ear. I just hours every day. I was like, I'm going to do it. And it was, I think because it's the first instrument, it's always the hardest. Um, yeah. and I'm learning guitar at the moment. And because I know all the chords and scales and stuff, I think it's a lot easier, but at mm. the time it was all fresh had no idea about anything other than the fact that I had really good pitch in my head. So, yeah. <laughs> that must just make it so much easier. I remember I, I was very similar yeah. to you, actually. I learned, I did, I rope learned how to play piano. I'd, I'd played guitar for years, but then when I was mm-hmm. 18, 19, I decided to try and have a go at piano and I've got terrible pitch. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've got absolutely <laughs> woeful pitch. So, I, I feel envious already. 
And uh, yeah, it was a real struggle because <laughs> it was. You had, to, you had to, for like the first six months, you're like, all right, burn, that's C, burn, that's D, burn, okay, that's yep. right. Three months later, okay, I can get onto a minor chord now. And it's like one yep. finger, one key away. It's like. Ah, you start with the majors. I start with the minors. I don't think I ever, I ever even play in a major, ever. <laughs> well, that explains a lot. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, well, that explains your life story. There we go. The end. Interview over. <laughs> <laughs> I've cracked the code. No. Um, no, it's, I suppose, yeah. So, I guess some, because it makes sense because a lot of the songs are in minor keys, though. Mm. Do you do you because you mentioned you have that background in theory? So were you thinking actively in terms of how it fits within scales and that sort of thing when you're writing, or do you just go I'll plonk that together and you know we'll whip this chord in and see how that fits? Yeah, um, I guess when I'm writing on the piano, um, I will choose a key to write in, and then I will just play around with the chords and see what happens. I don't have like a method exactly. It just whatever comes out, comes out. <laughs> Everybody has a home chord on piano. What's yours? Mm. Ooh, uh, I would say definitely C minor is a favorite. Mm. Um, it is a good chord to start off with. Very dark and yeah, mysterious. And probably a flat minor as well. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a few. There's a few. <laughs> uh, like so, black keys. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Do you um do you ever do you ever just for fun just go in the black keys and go do 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 the do the Chopin because you know you know the pianist Chopin from the 18th century, this is so mm. funny. You know how you got a transpose function on your keyboard, right? So mm. I think he had the very first transpose on his on his piano, but on his piano it was literally he had a mechanism because he only ever liked writing in C minor or playing the the <laughs> keys in C minor, which I'm sure you know. I didn't all, know that. Wow. It's all the black keys. Look, I might be paraphrasing here, so don't don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he got invented for him a basically transpose function on his piano where basically it lifted up the entire keyboard and moved it. So whatever key he wanted to play, he's like, I want to play an A. So you know what? He would lift it up, move it across so many strings and lift it down again. He's like suddenly he'd be playing all the black keys, but he'd be playing an A. That's crazy. I have no idea. Too sharp, you know, yay. It's like, yeah, it's like he was so, so stubborn. And he's like, he just wanted to be, have, have play piano on easy mode. It's like, come on, Chopin, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Work harder. Wow. And <laughs> he's, he, yeah, he's so, yeah, he's so famous as well. And it's like, how could you be so lazy? <laughs> but, but you speak to anybody that's tra- classically trained and they go, yeah, no, that makes total sense from the way like his writing <laughs> style is. Because yeah, if you play it in the normal key without transposing it, apparently it's quite hard. But then you play mm-hmm. the C sharp or whatever. It's just like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you play it's like you play something on piano and then try and transpose it to guitar it's always not going to fit yeah yeah that's true I might be in trouble then because <laughs> I'm learning nah. guitar at the moment I'm trying to learn my own songs <laughs> you only need to do the four chords it's all good <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's pop. It's, it's easy. It's fine. <laughs> Capo, capos are, are just, you know, socially more acceptable than using the transpose button on your keyboard anyway. So you're, got, you're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm fine. <laughs> Tell us a bit about um, – we're going to play uh, one of the tracks you mentioned before, Illusions. And you mentioned mm-hmm. going into it about how it is that. It represents a sort of a mishmash of ideas. Mm. Tell us a bit about – how that song came together because it does start out it goes through several distinct phases you have this cool sort of odd almost robotic 
<laughs> sample sort of bit with your vocals, and then it goes yeah, into a trap first. Yeah, you threw those in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm snippets. so weird. Like, I'm so weird. Whenever there's something weird, like, that, that's me doing something, and, like, the producer or someone else would be like, are you sure you want that in there? I'm like, yeah, make it weirder. But, yeah. But Sorry, yeah, go on. <laughs> it certainly does stand out because it's bass. Remember Smack Bang in the middle of the album, yeah? Between, behind mm. all these other pop bangers in between, you know, either side. But you said it's actually been one of the ones which people have really sort of paid attention to since the album's come out. Mm. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I really didn't think it would be popular because it's such a weird song. It's so weird. I don't I don't even know what genre it is. <laughs> uh, I just wrote it. I threw it together. I felt crazy when I wrote it. <laughs> yeah. It's bipolar it genre. By, yeah, by Poplar. That I screamed on as well, like did a metal scream. Um, and we actually used that sample from my home microphone in the end. We just used that one take I did at home and I was like, yeah, let's just throw that in there as well. <laughs> I was going to say, you could, you could name the genre by Poplar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, by Poplar. That's by Popular. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's All so my adoring that fans. That song is so bipolar, though. Like, I think this whole album is. It's, it's the sun and the moon, really. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I guess we'll play it, we'll play it in a sec, but um, what, what were you thinking of when you put together the lyrics and the verses for it? What was the idea? So the, um, the lyrics touch on all different ideas. Um, mm. So the first verse is about how women are seen as objects in Mm. mainstream media. And that's an illusion as well, because obviously they're just people. Um, Or how men tend to see women, which is why I mentioned the lyrics, doll-like anime. Um, A lot of people Mm. don't know this because they they look at the song, they're like, this is really random and weird, but um, it does have deep meanings. And then um, the choruses are more about how the start of a relationship is an illusion because you're not really showing who you are. You're kind of hiding parts about yourself because you're afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, which also um, severs connection with someone else um, and true, you know, authentic love. And the second verse is about, um, I mean, I mentioned Aladdin. People like, it makes no sense. Like, what are you talking about? That's just another um, metaphor for an illusion, you know, because he was a prince, but he was also a street rat. So I play with a lot of different ideas that are really cool. And um, yeah, so essentially the whole song is about um, questioning reality, kind of like a matrix kind of dystopian like world so mm. yeah so it is one of the, more of those songs that is cloaked in ciphers and cloaked in a bit more a bit more obscurity in terms of trying to decipher the lyrics which is kind of cool and it does contrast i suppose with a few of the other songs on the album where it's very direct and you can say oh this is definitely this yeah. is definitely about a failing relationship or trying to hold on to something um where yeah, you've got this, yeah it's a bit more bit more digging deep into what it's actually about which is which is a cool contrast, actually. I really appreciate that in songwriting, where you can, where you see those songwriters that can do both. Yeah, it's very, it's very deep, and I, I wanted people to really question what it's about, and it has so many different meanings. I could talk about it for days, so mm. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, just going back a bit, just very quickly before we, before we uh, go and introduce the song, obviously, and talk about your socials and that. You mentioned about your fans, obviously surprising you. What has been the most, I guess, the most surprising thing about your your fan base, the Vexa Vanguard or whatever we called it before? What what has been? I think they been- call themselves lunatics, but um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, that, that's better. I, I- <laughs> L- um, lunatics. They're just so generous, like, uh, and I mean that doesn't shock me because I've seen it for a long time now. But yeah. I think. 
Um, not just the crowdfund, but outside that, um, they're just, yeah, I've never seen such generosity because as I mentioned, I came from a broken home. Mm. I didn't have people like that around me. So when I got into music, I didn't expect people to care about me or what I was doing. And they really, really do. And I appreciate that so much. Like they always have my back and they know that I've always got theirs. And, um, just the generosity really blew me away. Like some people put like a thousand dollars or more into my campaign and I was just, taken aback by that i was like that is incredible yeah so amazing and that's so generous brilliant. of them so yeah that's awesome shout out to the fans too great yeah uh, without that this wouldn't exist sick. <laughs> <laughs> tell us quickly about your socials where obviously where we can stream the album where we can catch up with what you're doing you know all that sort of stuff yeah, well, I'm basically on all platforms worldwide in terms of streaming and yeah. downloading. Um, so if you just look up Luna Vexa, V-E-X-A on iTunes or Spotify, YouTube, I'm on anything. Um, and I'm launching a merch store very soon. Mm-hmm. So if you keep an eye out on my socials, you'll see, um, you know, T-shirts, jumpers and uh, signed booklets in the album and things like that. Nice, nice. Uh, you, did, you do, did you just do CDs or did you do vinyl as well? Um, still looking into vinyl. I know a lot of people want it, but there's just CDs for right now. <laughs> Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. They're not. They're not cheap. They're not cheap, guys. Just they're just not. Kidding. They're not cheap. No. And it, yeah, it does depend because a lot of people do want it, so I'll probably end up doing a vinyl run eventually. Nice, nice. There's always mm-hmm. that. There's always that cohort that just you know that that believe it's believe it's like the next best thing to everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, awesome. So, of course, you've got the face, your Facebook, your Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. YouTube, and all that as well. We can catch up on. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So, make sure you go and give her a like and a follow and everything else. And check out, obviously, all the music videos and everything else that's been put out for every single. Uh, best of luck, too, with how it goes. Because, obviously, it's still a long a lot of exciting stuff coming up in terms of that. So please, please enjoy the ride while it lasts. And I certainly look forward to seeing more material. And hopefully we can um, love to catch up with you in person and, and chat about and see how, how much things have changed from yeah, this Yeah, that would be amazing. Thank you so much for having me on your show. No. Um, let's hope that COVID's over soon so we can <laughs> like do other, something other than going for a walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now nah, walks when you want to listen to the good albums, like like King of Eve. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Everyone's at home now. It's the right time. Check it out. <laughs> exactly. Got nothing better else to do, folks. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Again, congratulations on everything and all the best too. Thank you. Let's let's take let's take it out onto the the song. Um, in, tell us about the song. Well, tell us the song. Tell us who you're listening to. And yeah, let's play the song. This is Luna Vexa. You're listening to my song Illusions on Bar Talk. Everything is an illusion. So don't be fooled. I'm. 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 Just a fucking clone. I'm getting bored of this reality upside down matrix. I'm a fantasy and baby. Now that you want me, gotta tell me down in bondage. I'm your hostage. Gotta keep dreaming tall like anime on me
Hey, this is Turch, the CFO of the We Only Do One Take podcast, the only podcast on earth that is a complete shit show, and you're listening to Bar Talk. Waited so long, I should have known. What you don't say is what you really want. And I'm still caught on it, I know why I won't call you lately. Cause she can't run tonight, and I can't step aside. You wait. But in your eyes, I'm gonna find it, I know She don't wanna leave me alone And I won't admit I'm wrong But you keep on calling on and on You kill me slowly She don't really wanna know, though Now this pain always in my torso She the best, but I need it more I see it in your eyes Waited too long, but I should've known don't say should be left alone And I'm still caught on it I know why I won't call you lately Cause she can't run tonight And I can't step aside You wait, but in your eyes I'm gonna find it, I know And we are back, and you just listened to Sigh by Kirkland, and before that, you listened to Illusions by Luna Vest- Ooh, ah, Vexa. nearly got ah, it. Nearly got so it. Okay. No, I'm not letting that out. No, you don't get away with murder on this show. <laughs> That's all right. If I get to come on your show and I and you and I and all my my stuff ups are still recorded, then you I get to record all your stuff ups and keep them in the final no, that, product. That's so. absolutely. F- uh, that's fine. We'll just edit you like we like uh, Homer Simpson got edited on Rock Bottom. 
<laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh my god, yes. Um <laughs> You sly bastard. Uh yeah, so go and- But it was nice to see a bit of Australian rap happening. Um Sort He's, of taking the bit of a lead there with with, yes. si, or with Kirkland, sorry. Yeah, and you could tell, like, I do like it. You notice that with a lot of Aussie rappers, they do, where they do still have that Aussie twang to it. And it's like, it's very, yep. you know where it's coming from. No, he's from, I'm trying to work out where he's from, actually. I thought he was from Newcastle, but I think I'm- uh, that's It says right. here while I I'm looking really it up. Like, I really like- I really like all those cicada type rhythms that happen mm. within trap beats. Yes. I don't know what it is, but there's something, it's something interesting. Like it, they EQ it in a certain way, but I've always wanted to see how it would sound with a live drummer. That would always be really cool to me. I, so the weird thing is you mentioned how like, um, we're going, oh, Blink 182, that band before that we played, was it, um, fucking with uh, uh, Snark? Snark, but it says here, under Kirkland's influences, it says he's influenced by by Blink One Eighty Two. Well, you know what? Pranked. <laughs> there's, 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 Pranked. There was so there was one band, uh, the band that sang "Unbelievable U F U M F" or whatever. U F. Um, they one of their influences was Primus, and I'm like that. They don't sound anything <laughs> like Primus, so you can get inspiration from anywhere, I guess. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, even if it doesn't sound the same. Now, I looked exactly. at a bit of a had a bit of a trap flow to him, but it wasn't the same sort of trap production. It was, but it was cool, good, good guitar lick and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, of course, before that, you heard the it was one of the album tracks actually. Illusions of Lunavex is one of my personal favorites as well. A really sort of again, a lot of trap influences in that as well. But again, as yeah. we were saying before, go and check out the album. She's put a lot of work into it and she's really, as we were mentioning, really done it for the fans. So, you know, it's got a heart of gold by the sounds of it and I wish her all the best. Mm. Well, anyway, we're going um, to talk a bit about who obviously – well, we reword that. So, uh, before we move any further up the road – I am going to quickly run through AMR's business and community partners, uh, give them a shout out for all the cool stuff they've been helping us out with and doing what they do, of course, in no particular order. Uh, Music Factory Direct in Bayswater, BizOp Solutions, Hello World Travel Belgrave, Russo and Rusta Barristers and Solicitors, Scale Records in Brisbane, Sense Music Media in Sydney, Suki Lounge in Belgrave, Upway Belgrave RSL, Daniel Rangers Emergency Relief Service and the Coa Shed Australia. Make sure you go and check them out and say good day for us. So at least they will be put a, have a smile put on their face in these dying, desperate times. Mm. Turch, my friend. Mm, yes. Tell me, tell me a fun story about what you did this week. Oh, this week has just been a uh, pretty boring type of week, <laughs> to be honest. But that's what do you that's mean? only because I started a new role. I started, but I did had to do. I did have to do something. I talked about this on my podcast, the We Only Do One Take podcast. I had to yes. get some documents certified <laughs> for a new role, I- and I was talking to my uh, new employer as part of the government, and I was like, "Can I even legally leave the house to get these documents certified?" Uh, so, the first place I went to was a post office and the post office said, no, we don't do that here. Go down to the chemist. I then went to the chemist who wouldn't scan my documents. Uh, so, I then went to a police station who said who they would not take, they would not uh, take the documents 
through the, the through their doors because I might have coronavirus. <laughs> so I was stuck between a really rock and a hard place of trying to tell my new employer that I couldn't get documents signed because the, the police might think I have coronavirus. So that was an interesting part time of the week. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it's all settled now. Thank goodness. <laughs> oh, thank God. It's it's always a hassle. On my in my old job, um, we used to have to get people to send in certified documents to get anything done, and it has yep. to had to be done a very certain way. They were very specific about it, a bit set in their ways, so that they'd like the police officer would forget to put down the postcode of the the station there, and like, nah, doesn't count. Our team won't won't yep. fix it. Go back and do it again. Like, but I've already done it three times. Like, we well, should listen the first time. It's um, like <laughs> I, I, it was even weirder for me because they needed to do a police check, and I actually worked at a government organization that guaranteed would have done a police check on me previously. Uh, so, I just moved from one government organization to another. So, for them to ask for a police check, I thought it was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just been, um, just been, been, you know, put into the side. Being very yeah, thorough. Just getting, getting, you know, getting a couple of uh, cheeky, cheeky benefits on the side, you know, stealing a couple of taxpayer right. bucks, hiding a few bodies, <laughs> um, you know, bribing a couple of senators, you know, the, all the classic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. They've got to spend their money somehow. Silencing Some, you know, the leaks. It's into financial year. Into financial year. They didn't want to let those funds go to waste. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to cross me. I got friends in high pla- friends in low places. <laughs> I've got a mate that are like hack your computer. Yep. Put, yep, yep. put uh, kitty. Uh, uh, put kitty porn on there. <laughs> uh, watch out. Apparently, so ASIO it's, just, actually- it's all hentai though, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> The girls look all three, this, but they're this all- child. This person does look like she's the uh, three years old, but actually, it's a vampire. It's two hundred and ninety-two, so it's, it's not technically. Got <laughs> <laughs> you on the technicality again. Japanese always getting around with an excuse. <laughs> um, wait, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> actually, no, that's right. Azio, Azio uh, set up a Twitter account. The other day, uh, and apparently their first tweet was, "Oh, guys, looks like you can uh, spy on. It looks, it looks like you guys can watch us for a change." Wink, wink. Yep. And it's like, "Oh no, <laughs> that's cringe." <laughs> it's like now, I, you're not I've only just jumped here. on the, I've only just jumped on the Twitter train now with the podcast because I, you know, I can't be bothered with social media at the best of times. But <laughs> these are the the blurst of times, and suddenly I need to get on social media. And Jesus Christ, it's just absolute garbage on Twitter. I don't know how Americans love it so much. Well, I mean, you've kind of answered your own question there. Uh, I stand. I stand. Yeah, you are correct. <laughs> we have a few listeners from America, so uh, apologies in in advance and apologies in uh, in reverse. Well, we always we always say at the end of our podcast, if they'd like to send us some hate mail, a death threat, or a rant, we accept all kinds of of uh, media. We don't really care. If, if you send us a death threat, we'll le- read it out on air. It's fun. Hey, you know, what are you going to do? Come here? You can't. It's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to quarantine you first. No. <laughs> Just um, don't have sex with more than three of the the security guards, and you'll be fine. Oh, look, those were handsome men. I'll give you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did you see the? Por- I mentioned this in a previous episode, but did you see the the fake porno somebody put on? Guess which media platform? Twitter. Oh, of course. About that. <laughs> the the classiest thing. And uh, did you actually did you did you see the event actually that somebody from Melbourne put up? It's like stand on your porch and scream. 
I did see that one there. The, I thought it was just- a, Did best. anyone actually do it? Yes. They got a whole bunch of them. Oh. Like if you go on the event now, people actually posted videos of them screaming. But the, probably the high point of that event was the fact that the day before, she'd gotten hold of the screaming man himself, the OG screamer, Jimmy Barnes. <laughs> and he actually did a special <laughs> video and he actually goes, hey, guys, here's the, here's the proper way to do a scream. <laughs> And he just like starts. He's sitting there on his on his veranda, or standing there on his veranda, just going through these practice scream runs. And he's like, "This is how I like to warm up before a gig." And he's just like doing these really short screams in between. It. Like, ah, there you go. Then I, I go a bit higher. Ah. It's like, okay, Fancy, settle down, mate. Settle down. I know it's I been a while. I still can't believe after. Yeah, I still can't believe after what forty years or fifty years of screaming, he can still do that. Usually, you know, look at Meatloaf. He's destroyed his voice, and he didn't do anything that crazy with his voice. Uh, Man, man's got talent. Like he's he's a he's a human machine. It's all the vodka. He is that, thing and he's just you know all- doing the Uber Eats ads now. Same with Kim Kardashian. He's, he's for me, he's on the same level as Kim Kardashian and uh, and Snoop, Snoop Dogg doing menu log. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Snoop Dogg oh. menu log app. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I have. I think we discussed this on a previous episode. So I my, my favorite thing is right down the bottom. It says paid actor, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> that just makes it for me. I'm like, who would have thought? It's like, knowing Snoop Dogg, I know exactly what you paid him in. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Chicken wings after those lock-ins. <laughs> he, do you remember when he set off a fire alarm when he was here in Melbourne, actually, at AR? They, they detected smoke in his room and it was yeah. Snoop Dogg's room. And, like, they didn't mention it in the news article, but you're like, ah, Snoopy, what have you been up to? <laughs> we- a cheeky boy. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who having have a thought? couple of having a couple of having a couple of green plants up in your see, room. See, they, they allow they allow him in the country who's uh, actually been a convicted criminal, like you know, for a whole bunch of things. And then Tyler, the creator, they're not allowed in the country. So, th- what's Snoop Dogg being charged with? I, didn't he go through like a was convicted of murder for a while and done what? a whole what? And, and how like yeah, like back really early on in his career when he was did like he get, nineteen. Did he get exonerated? I think that yeah, I don't think I think he was um, yeah exonerated of, of the crime, but he's gone through that whole process. And so, How is I'm pretty sure I'm I'm pretty sure. Well, there's a whole bunch of things that like we still allow people to come into the country despite the fact they've done crimes. That's I mean, America. They don't let them in. Yeah, that's true. Rick Jane. I mean, Rick James is probably my favorite uh, knowledge about uh, crimes they he committed on a uh, one cocaine bender. Him and his wife kidnapped a woman and kept her in their basement for three for three days, and then he he went to prison for that. And then on another cocaine bender with a different wife, he did the exact same thing. One more time, <laughs> and it's a habit. So uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I only did it twice, Your Honor. So it's clearly not a not a recurring thing. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Oh, Rick James. Shit, was that before or after the Charlie Murphy incident? I wonder. <laughs> uh, it could have been during. Who, who really knows? You know, I just like, with the old you know. James. <laughs> I don't think any of those. I don't think anyone in the '80s remembers the '80s that that well, <laughs> except yeah. Charlie Murphy, apparently. <laughs> yeah, the Charlie Murphy photographic memory of the '80s, and uh, no one else. <laughs> Actually, that was probably why there was only two episodes in that that series. They're probably like, oh yeah, I remember everything that happened in the '80s. Like, sure, Charlie, let's do it. Make a series with Chappelle with it, and then afterwards, two things like, can you remember anything else? Like, actually, now that you come to think about it, the rest of it's just a haze. Yeah, <laughs> what? Which? Which? I'm trying to think. There was obviously the Charlie. Uh, what's it called the and um, Prince was Rick Charlie, James and Prince Charlie Murphy. Yeah, Charlie Murphy, and, and then Prince, and then you know playing the basketball in his blouse. 
<laughs> and then I making smoked pancakes. my favourite. Do you remember? Yeah, do you remember that uh, Dave Chappelle actually was on a cover for a, a Prince out a Prince single called "Breakfast Can Wait," dressed as Prince with pancakes. Yes, because that was after that one, wasn't it? That after was that late. incident yeah, 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 came yeah. out, and he thought it would be funny. And I remember yeah, in an interview, um, Prince goes, "He was right though. I can play, but I can play basketball." <laughs> and he's like, just, just so cool about it though. And then he was in New Girl, where he cooks Renee. What was the actress's name? The one with the glasses. Uh, Dashanel? That one. Zoe yep. Dashing Zoe Chanel. Dash, yeah. She yeah, always yeah, looks yeah. so dashing. Um, yep. Yeah, he cooks her pancakes in that episode. Oh, so, I don't yeah, know whether yeah. it was a running joke at that point. He's like, you can only have me on as long as I'm making pancakes. Ha <laughs> ha, Chappelle. <laughs> got you back again. <laughs> uh, oh, well, pl- plays a mean guitar. What can I say? <laughs> true, true. And a mean synth too. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about some trackity doos, shall we? Sounds good to me. Brilliant. Uh, oh, Daily J. Now, you said to me before you hadn't watched the music video for this one. No. <laughs> Shame on you. Ugh. I send my wrath. <laughs> rain rain, fire and locusts and smite thee upon the mountainside uh, because it is an awesome, awesome music video. Really well choreographed. Daily J are a New Zealand band. Let me bring up mm. their stuff. This is one another of one of those. This is one another one of those songs that actually has guitar in it as like a prominent instrument within the mix of, of the song. Again, I, I'm sort of biased towards guitar instrument, you know, <laughs> guitar songs because being a guitarist for so long. Um, but it sounded good to me, and it's all got that classic one six five chord progression, yep. which uh, pop songs absolutely, absolutely adore. Uh, but the the main melody of the riff reminded me of this 1990s pop song, and I was looking for it for more than half a day, and it had my couldn't top men, it. and I couldn't find it. And now I, I will forever have that in the back of my head, and at like two o'clock at night in like two weeks, I'll go, that was the song <laughs> I was thinking of. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna message me frantically at three a.m. in the middle of the week. Yeah, go, Daniel, Daniel, I found it, I found it. <laughs> no, um. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, go and check it out, both the song and the music video, of course, because it is cool. And it is going to be off their upcoming debut album, which is going to be in October, released in October, but it doesn't mention the name of the album. So I'm guessing they haven't thought of the name yet. Come on, fellas, it's only two months to go. Get your act together. Uh, just a, <laughs> on the Spotify is just telling me it's just called uh, Rocket. That's but a, it. Might, I might just, that might just be the singles. Name. That's the name of the single. Yeah, I probably should have mentioned <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. The, the singles are called Rocket and it's by Daily J. Um, Auckland band, I think. Eh, who knows? Anyway. Um, they were meant- uh, I, I did say that they were meant to tour as well, but it seems like they're going to have to stop yeah. as well with all this the New Zealand going back into lockdown. <laughs> I'm laughing over there. It's like, ah, oh, now you're getting a second wave. Now you know what it feels like. Ha, 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 ha. It's like uh, all these smug Kiwis just like, oh, look at us. We got down early. Now look, we're 100 days free of coronavirus. Next minute. Yeah. Yeah, they're locking so, down. Right, the Russians, the Russians have the have the have the um, vaccine, so we're, we're we're in safe hands, people. Yeah, it's fine. Yes, he got blabs. <laughs> yeah, apparently he gave it to his daughter though. <laughs> like That's- the first person he gave it to to test it was on his daughter. So we all know who the favorite uh, child is in that family. <laughs> not her. <laughs> <laughs> no, dear, this will not cause you to grow extra arm. <laughs> It was probably sourced oh. from the waters around Chernobyl. That's probably where they got it. Because that'll kill <laughs> oh, anything. Oh, the safest, the cleanest. No, well, that'll kill anything. 
Oh, true. The North Americans should do that with the water down in um in uh Mich- it was in Michigan there. The- Flint. <laughs> Flint, Michigan. Yeah, I think it might have the same effect. You never know. You don't never, you know, give it a go before you, you oh, bash it, I guess. Yeah. Japanese, where's your Fukushima reactor? Oh. Get, get it out of the ground or wherever you buried it. Get a little sample. <laughs> yeah. So, go, go and check that out. And after that, of course, we have the debut single. So, how are you feeling lucky that you get to see the first, first shred of- mm-hmm musical genius of this next artist. It is a uh, Newcastle artist, Georgie Jones, with her debut single, Baby. Now, I don't know what you thought, but I was definitely getting major Stevie Nicks vibes in terms of the vocals. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I was thinking um, almost a bit of a Cindy Lauper sort of thing going on, sort of an 80s um, sort of thing, more Stevie Nicks when she went into the solo career. And, of course, Mm. you know. Cindy Lauper's pretty self-explanatory, but yeah, that's where I—that's where I was thinking of. Well, that's what I, that's- I, I thinking back at it. That's the vibes I'm sort of feeling feeling yeah. now with that one there. But I, I was just uh, like out of nowhere, there was this giant big guitar fuzz sound mm. during that solo section. I'm yes, like, ooh, it's going to go somewhere, and then it just ends <laughs> as, <laughs> it, as abruptly as. Yeah, it feels as abruptly as it, as it starts. It just ends abruptly as well. I was like, oh man, I was hoping for a little bit more of. More of that excitement there. Georgie, uh, you've committed the musical equivalent of um, premature ejaculation <laughs> with that solo. It was a two two bars and done. To get, yeah. you know. That was it was cool. No, so don't rush us. You know, it's like don't don't bore us. Get to the end of the solo. Come on. That's it. It's gotta do him pop. Mm. I think, yeah. I am trying to see if that's gonna be there's no mention of a upcoming release, but I mean, who has to do a release these days? It's all single, 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 and good on you. Uh, that's Keep- what the guys at Spotify want. They just want you to release <laughs> three albums a year, just casually. Oh, you know, we've mentioned this a few uh, that's times. how art works. I've mentioned this that's a how f- art works. Mentioned this a few times. So I mean we won't go into it again, but you're yeah. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh yeah, no, good stuff, Georgie. Keen to hear more singles off you in the coming months, hopefully. Mm. Yeah. Um, may, may we may as well play them. Does that sound good? Sounds, sounds good to me. I'm going to be back soon with more, more bullshit. Uh, <laughs> maybe chatting a bit about what, uh, what you do, Turch. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Let's, um, let's take- Well, how about you take us out on these two and introduce them? Yeah, yeah. So, we've got first coming up. We've got uh, Rocket by Daily J, the band from New Zealand. Obviously, check out their music video clip. And then we're going to have uh, Baby by Georgia Jones. Georgie What's- Jones. Georgie Jones. Yeah, I probably got that wrong a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> what, what show? Oh, uh, my show. No, my my show. Oh, sorry. We're, we're listening to... Um- <laughs> oh, God damn it. I should have written it down. <laughs> Bar talk. Bar talk. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs>
Hello Sexy, you are listening to Bar Talk on AMR. Folkaroonies and Folky Boys. That was Georgie Jones with a baby. Um, only one baby, not three like Justin Bieber. Mm. Um, and Rocket by Daily J. 
Yes, uh, we've got here with me. Uh, oh, should I forgotten your nickname again? So sorry, Church. That's it. <laughs> so I forgot your name uh, of your show. Gotta, so gotta we're all kicking goals tonight. <laughs> are you are you as abrasive in person as you are? I mean, with a name like Turch, like Terp, are you as abrasive like Turpentine <laughs> in person as you are to me over the phone? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, you sort of uh, start off doing your podcast as a character and it'd be a bit more, bit more sometimes edgy is the word I would use. <laughs> and suddenly you become, you become the insane person that your podcast okay. is, especially when, when you're around the same group of people that uh, you do the podcast with, I think. Oh, the old- To a degree anyway. <laughs> the old life imitates art bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard this yeah, before. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just a bit of that. Just a bit of the spice memes. Got my spice uh, memes. It, the, the worst part is that my uh, my fiance has to listen to my jokes before they go <laughs> on, on onto the podcast. So she'll see jokes that are definitely nah. not not good enough and also very horrible. <laughs> and then I, I sort of get them into a way, and then she'll be like, "That's better." And then I can say them on the podcast, and, and so she yeah. gets some, some, she gets to hear some really terrible <laughs> jokes. <laughs> you know, um. <laughs> You mentioned that, but I don't road test my jokes. And actually, that's a good segue because right now we're going to do a cheeky joke of the week. Is that right? Are you, uh, are you up for this? Well, are you- well, I'm absolutely up for this because I just think that the BBC has come <laughs> out and just been, to the, uh, been an absolute joke recently. And they've actually given me- well, You're not supposed to give away the joke. You're not supposed to give away the joke before the the um, the theme. <laughs> we have a little, we have a little uh, like, like intro bit. Anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway- I'll, I'll clench your sphincter because this is going to be epic. Now it's time for Jimmy's Joke of the Week. Ha! <laughs> yes, sir, <Ray> Bob <laughs> and Bobette. It is indeed time for Jimmy's Joke of the Week. Now, you mentioned something about the BBC being a joke. Now, that's something I already knew, but this is apparently <laughs> not about the BBC. This is about an article the BBC's put out. Yeah, exactly right. Well, we could have talked about how they do their um, pigeon English, and I could have just read, read, read out a pigeon English version oh, of this article. Come on, I don't want to. I don't want to offend all one of our Jamaican fans on this show. <laughs> come on, and, you know, I'm, I'm just reading, just trying to read anyway. Uh, I can't read two multiple languages. So, I can only speak English. <laughs> <laughs> so take take. So what's going on? With so well, give me this ridiculous this whole- setup for this punchline you've got. Come on. Yeah, I know. Well, this whole COVID times, you know, the BBC have decided to help us be safe while we have sex, and these are the things that they're the advice that they're giving us. They said during sex, avoid kissing, wear a face covering, and choose positions that aren't face to face during sex. So, uh, so, is- so balaclava <laughs> fetishes are in. Um, <laughs> 69 is, is perfectly in. fine. 69 is in. Yeah. Um, this is the perfect time for foot fetishes to actually rise up <laughs> and, and take over. You know, they can go, look, we're not touching, you know, any or- or orifice that's open. We're just licking feet. We're getting off to that. We can go home. I can wear a face covering. They can wear a face covering. It's not a position that, you know, that, that we're face to face. And, um, you know, someone, at least one person gets off. And, and sometimes that's all that matters. This post was brought to you by Foot Fetish Gang. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to have someone that uh, had a foot fetish on our pod- on, on my podcast to talk yes. to. Because that, that just absolutely would fasc- oh. that fascinates the hell out of me. Actually- that's a good segue because you do do to a, well, okay. Let me reword that. This is a really <laughs> good segue into what you do on the We Only Take One Take podcast. That's the um, one. <laughs> tell me a bit about what you what actually goes on because you get these really really interesting and weird 
guests on a lot of the time, don't you? Yeah. So, the usual sort of format is me and my co-host, Kieran, uh, who is the- uh, we joke is the CEO. We just basically <laughs> just rant about things that annoy us and um, and bring in some fun news like I just did and we talk about it and make fun of it. Uh, but occasionally, we get to do have- we have some really cool guests on. So, we've had the full gamut of guests from uh, professional musicians like my friend from Dead- uh, Nick from Dead City Ruins, mm. Melbourne band- uh, from Adam LaRosa, who's a uh, Australian film producer who just produced the Suzy Q documentary that just came out. Oh, yeah. Um, he was the, uh, one of the producers on that. We've even had, like, Maximum Bob on from um, the Dally Creeps, who used to play with Buckethead, and he was an amazing guest to have on. On the other end of the spectrum, I guess quite literally, we have people on the show that have really peculiar things that I'm just- we're just fascinated by. So, not too long ago, we talked to a gentleman from the USA who was part of the adult baby diaper lover community, and mm. he talked about how he grew up and developed this, I guess, fetish is the only word I can really use, <laughs> uh, into how he became, you know- um, Living with his very Christian parents to being disassociated with them. It's and to, always uh, and same with porn stars. They always come from very uptight backgrounds, and I, it must yeah. be because they have this awakening, a sexual awakening, and then they go, yeah. "All right, I'm getting into the business." <laughs> yeah, and he was just talking about like how he just became in a, decided to be like excommunicated with them, and how he uh, then you know d- discovered that he was you know, was in a, a relate married relationship and found out that he was gay later on and absolutely fascinating story. And you think to yourself, how can it's – I'm talking about a a gentleman who wears diapers uh, not only for sexual pleasure but for fun, like he wears them to work. How can that be normal? And it became the most normal conversation after, you know, once we understood him a little bit – fascinating stuff. We also had a a gentleman on recently who's an Australian fairy from uh, New South Wales – and guess similar sort of story, like his family sort of dis- uh, you know, does not associate him with it. But the way and why he became a furry was far more interesting for me and the, and, and Kieran on the show. Um, and that's what we sort of aim for on the show when we do have these, you know, things that are uh, unusual or out of the ordinary. It's not about what you believe. It's about how did you get to believe what you believe. It's it's funny. And- it's going on to like a joke here. And this is where I- this is where this is where the jokes are supposed to go. It's it's like the joke goes, uh, guys, if you're if you're admitting that you can't wear a mask, you're too weak to wear a mask. You're admitting that the fairies are stronger. No, we 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 actually said that to him. We're like, well, this is the time for fairies to rise up. Foot fetishes and fairies, man, they can they can take over the world at this point in time. Uh, but on the like, and they continuing that down the line of absolutely insanity. We had a gentleman on who. Uh, was a full conspiracy, right-wing conspiracy theorist, and he made absolutely no sense to the point of where we had to review the episode uh, the week after just to go through all of his points that he talked about because we we were even lost during the show. And then we even had a guy on the show that was a flat earther, yep. and he was trying to pers- like change our minds about how the earth is not actually round and all this science for hundreds, hundreds of years is actually incorrect. And I got to admit, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just we're looking at it from the right angle. Uh, look, but- uh, uh, he, he's got plenty of time oh, to prove it. We're going to have him back on. on the show when he does his own sort of test. So tell me that we're pun go from flew there. straight over your head. <laughs> look, right. some, some, I've heard all these jokes before this, with the flat earth I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> look, I guess I'm not on your level. <laughs> 
Oh, yes. look, you know, me, me, me Alex Jones, and and, that, and, uh, and Joe Rogan. That's the only three people that can really understand the world <laughs> the, the way we do. <laughs> so, tell me, of course, a bit about when the podcast comes out, where we can find your socials, where we can find the episodes, all yeah, that sort of we're, thing. Yeah, we're, we're pretty good. So, for uh, uh, we once did a poll for our fans of what oh, they yes. wanted to be called. Oh, you don't bow down up- to the level of the fans. You never well, do that. They- well, we gave them two <laughs> options. We gave them two oh, options okay, and both were pretty terrible. Op- yep. <laughs> yeah, limit their options, you know. Uh, funneled creativity is what I like to call it. And uh, eventually they decided on wankers. So, we call our fans mm. wankers, which is great. So, for all your wanking needs for the We Only Do One Take <laughs> podcast, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you ever want to send us something in, like a hate mail, some death threats, a rant, just record it on your phone and email us. Email it to us at weonlydoonetakepodcast at gmail.com. And we'll read it on the show and, and, and laugh at you. Brilliant. I love it. <laughs> Keen to hear more. Um, yeah, no, I've been I've really enjoying what, I've, what you've been putting out so far. So uh, Awesome. Yeah, you've gained another wanker. That's it. <laughs> now, did you want to hear my joke? Absolutely. You've probably heard this one before, but it's terrible, so I'm going to repeat it again. I have been having a bit of an insect problem. A few wasps and nests got out the front of my house the other day, so I went up to Bunnings and I went up to the guy at the desk and I had some bug spray. I said, is this good for wasps? And he goes, nah, it kills them. <laughs> ah, it's a classic. It's a classic dad joke. It's a classic dad joke, you know. It's it's amazing. My my, my friend became a dad a year and a, about two years ago. And oh yes, uh, is that just a term, or did he actually become a dad? He became a dad. He became oh, a dad. Like you know, congrats. his son was born. It was you know, a great little kid. But like the day, uh, like on the day he became a dad, his dad joke quote quota went up about two hundred percent. It was amazing. <laughs> Like, like he was messaging us just dad jokes about his son, and I was like, "Yeah, you are, you are ready, you are ready." <laughs> Sounds about <laughs> right. Um, but thanks again for coming on, Turch. It's been a pleasure. Um, my pleasure. Was, yeah, keep keep the nights a little bit less lonely in lockdown, my That's friend. I um, mm. hope to come on yours one day, and we can talk shit Absolutely. for a bit longer. Um, Sounds however, good to me. Time flies far too quickly, and we have to quickly mention. Well, not quick. We have to quickly give. An introduction to the next or the last two songs we're going to play on mm. this episode. Um, I'll preface this next one um, by saying this one was actually sent in by the artists themselves. As I always say, when this happens, I really love it when the artists do send in their own music and it ends up being just at the same level of quality that you get from some of the biggest PRs in the country. So, mm. Rosalind is the next artist that we're playing. Um, really, You're a Nice Kid is the name of the single. She was really good. She actually sent it in a couple of months ago, and I didn't even listen to it, so I didn't even know if I was listening to Crap or Gold. Um, and then I said, look, do you mind sending it back in a couple of months when the release date comes out, which was this last week? And she's like, yeah, sure. And I thought, yeah, sure, she won't get it back to us. Everybody forgets. Nope. <laughs> Bang on the day, the release day. It's like, oh, by the way, as our last conversation, here's the song. And I thought, you bloody ripper, better be good. And it was. So, Rosalie, mm. good job. Uh, and I thought, yeah, no, you, you deserve this you had- deserve brownie uh- points. I did have a bit of a look at this and it's about online trolls um, and how, yes. you know, everyone is sort of hidden behind that sort of stuff. And, you know, anonymity gives people the, the right or gives the people, feels like the privilege of acting like a dick online, which, you know, I guess is half the internet in my opinion. But the, I, I'm, I think I come from a different generation of, of internet users mm. when, uh, uh, when there was less, less Facebook and more. Uh, forums and this and that. But what I really liked about this song was it gave me Pink Floyd vibes. 
Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Sort of that sort yeah. of rolling guitar and drums. Yeah, the, the, specifically the song "Breathe" because it always has like mm. that, like that, like that, that uh, chord movement. Uh, really reminded me of that off Dark Side of the Moon. So, and I'm a big Pink Floyd fan. So I was like, "Yep, this is this is pretty cool." You'll have to go and see her when she starts playing shows again, because apparently she's gonna, she's intending, intending to uh, take it on the road and play That's some awesome. shows when everything eases. She's got a four piece, four piece band, not a four piece KFC box, but a four piece no. band. <laughs> um, I believe it's three piece. I should, yeah, that doesn't that quote yeah. joke doesn't quite work. Sorry, Rosalind. <laughs> no, good good work on the track. Um, all the best for That's everything it. that you've got coming up. Really keen to see see you live. Hopefully, that'd be cool. Um, but after mm. that, we've got a bit of a AMR AMR favourite. CJ Stranger, um, Gareth, our station manager, has had the pleasure of chatting to him before. He's from the Blue Mountains, actually. Really lovely area. If you've ever been there. Mm. And it was funny, They he was coming down to Melbourne for the first time and Gareth messaged him and he goes, look, let's interview you. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll take you somewhere that you would really probably recognize, like not recognize, but somewhere you'd feel a bit more home. So, he took him up to Belgrave, to Suki Lounge, to the to the hills, the, the Yarra mm. Rangers to make him feel a little bit more at ease because like the Yarra Rangers really is our version of the Blue Mountains. Um, yeah. And they had a good old chat there. So, that was- it was fun, remember, when listening to that, and it's good to see him coming out with more uh, more tunes. But this one is really exciting because he's just released the album that um, he's been intending to put out for a while. So, the song's called Fool's Gold, and I really like – it's just a classic example. starts out nice and folky, but it does end on a really sort of uplifting um, – uh, it, it climax. There is that climax mm. involved towards the end of the song. Like it is really a really nicely um, composed piece of work. So well done, mm. CJ. Yeah, yeah, cool sort of stuff. Always good to, like I said, um, I, I'm a big fan of guitar and a bit of acoustic guitar, and then adding in instruments to layer it all up. It's always that's always interesting to me. It's it's an old old but gold method. It doesn't mm. doesn't never ages in my opinion. So. No. Good work. Um, but the album is called Hey Stranger, and I believe it's out now too. So, please go and check it out when you get a chance. Well, I think that all she wore roting, you reckon? Yep. Yeah, brilliant. I think that's it. I think I've got no more notes. I'm out of notes. Brilliant. <laughs> We're out of time. Would you believe? Oh. We'll be back next week with more shit talking with someone else. How does that sound? Absolutely. Um, That's good to me. Can't wait. Before you do, of course, make sure you check out AMR's other shows. I don't mention them enough, but I need to mention them more. Uh, Of course, Heavy Reborn, um, going through some of the best heavy music coming out in Australia today. And, of course, course, uh, Mint Factory. nearly forgot the name of it. Um, Showcasing some of the the best pop music coming out from independent artists alike. Um, Yeah, check them both out when they do come out this week. Uh, Of course, check out Bar Talk Socials on Facebook. And, of course, go to the websites to check out the episodes whenever you feel like it. That is uh, shows.acast.com forward slash bar talk and australianmusiciansradio.com forward slash bar hyphen talk. And, of course, AMR's socials on Twitter and Instagram uh, where we post our stuff. And, of course, on the Facebook page, AMR Australia. Um, Don't forget to send us a like and a subscribe to on the YouTube I keep mentioning that we've got the YouTube where we put the, like the the condensed versions of the interviews with our artists. So uh, sorry, you're getting cut out from this one, Turch. 
No, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> you, you're good, but you're not that good for YouTube. Sorry. Sounds about right. It's, <laughs> I haven't got the face for YouTube. No, as they say, <laughs> oh, damn it. I made the joke last week. I said, haven't got the face for podcasting, but it doesn't work because Joe Rogan <laughs> Joe Rogan has a does videos. So that's I said one that. ugly mug. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, hasn't got a face for YouTube. Oh, that's, I'm going to keep that one. That's good. Yeah. No, yeah. Please please go and um, yeah, check out all our socials. And, of course, the check out We Only Do One Take podcast. You never know. Somebody yeah. Familiar you. might be on there one day. I'm not forcing. Absolutely. I'm forcing you to get me on as a guest. How does that sound? <laughs> no, nah, we're going to get you on. That's it. Yes. It's, uh, as yes. the as the uh, the CEO doesn't know, but the CFO over here he knows, and that that's all that matters. Uh, CEO doesn't know shit. So when you go through a scandal, he's he's not lying when he says, "No, I didn't know what happened." Anyway, that's absolutely true. That's that's more accurate than you would ever believe. <laughs> Let's let's get out of them. Let's play the tracks. Rosalind's good. Really, you're a nice kid. And after that, CJ Stranger with Fool's Gold. Bye, Turch. I'll see you next time, whenever that be. See you soon, buddy. Oh, Thanks for having me on. Oh, you make my little heart beep. Goodbye, guys. <laughs>
Standing on a platform in my dreams Waiting on the train to come I can smell the steam, it won't be long Soon I will be in your arms again I'm ready for the heat of the sun Get so hot that we won't run We'll mind the sweat cause I'll be in your arms Cause darling, it's been a long, long time And I'm done with chasing goals I'm done with chasing all the things A younger me Desired. We'll leave that to the kids you know Cause they've got all that cool stuff under control Cause all I know is I want you And I hope that you still want me too Cause darling we are getting old Done with chasing fools, go. Waiting for the last of the load. This train is very long, no. Stretches across the grade, no. Is someone riding there? He's been out searching for gold He really thought he would find some But now he's headed home with none The promises were one run around Train clatters down the track Trust is in your rail Will she still love him Even though he failed Cause darling It's been a long Long time And I'm done With chasing goals I'm done with chasing All the things A younger me Desired We'll leave that to the kids you know Cause they've got all that bullshit under
hope that you still want me to Cause darling we are getting old And I'm done with chasing fools gold Australian Musicians Radio dot com <laughs>